This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty. Along with the good vibes, Brian Mongia. We are here until midnight. Then it's Freddie and Fitzsimmons on 98.7 ESPN. We got a real good Monday night game going. You know what? I got to say this. You remember when Steve Young would join the Michael K show and they would just laugh and joke at the type of NFL games they had on Monday night? This year's been pretty good. This year's been pretty good, and we got a pretty good one going right now between the Buccaneers and the L.A. Rams. It's tied at 17 with just over nine minutes left in the third. Of course, we'll keep you up to date on what's going on with that one. Jason Pierre-Paul, an interception in that game. He's got interceptions in two consecutive weeks. Thank you, Carlin. Another entertaining show leading into us, so you know what we do. Let's go to work. We begin with the New York football Jets, and it's an interesting scenario for the Jets. And the reason why I got our poll question, which I'll talk to you about in a second, is because, and I kind of agree with Don LaGreca in listening to the Michael K. show today, Monday through Friday from 3 to 7, is very simply, he believes that if Sam Darnold is the quarterback in these last two games, the Jets may have a couple of wins. Joe Flacco, bad interception last week. Uh, two weeks ago against uh, New England, Joe Flacco, bad pick six yesterday. Aside from two missed extra points and all the and the, and, the, and a, a a unbelievably inexperienced secondary, and still they were in this game, and still they were in this game, and still they had the opportunity to tie this game and send it into overtime with a touchdown and two point conversion. Still. With all the things we talked about, still, for Justin Herbert throwing for three touchdowns and almost 400 yards, still, they had an opportunity to win this game. So now, of course, Sam Darnold could be back this Sunday against Miami. So I want to find out from you at Hardest to ESPN, at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM, very simply. Should Sam Donald play any more this season? Do you think, and, and, he, and I guess here's the, here's the question I'm asking you. <laughs> Who gives you the best chance to go 0-16? Is it Joe Flacco or is it Sam Donald? Now, part of me wants to really see Sam Donald because this is going to be, I mean, with, with the way Perryman's playing, uh, Crowder is Sam Donald's guy. Perryman, you could say, is Flacco's guy because they have chemistry from their days with the Ravens together, right? So so they can't seem to find Crowder in this mix, okay, because Flacco's really cool, really has that chemistry with Perryman, and Mims is finding his way to get open, so Mims is getting some some catches. But Crowder's the guy look on the outside looking in, so I don't know if and when Darnold comes back, will he be able to get all three receivers in the mix? And oh, by the way, uh, as we mentioned last night on the drive, a tight end caught a touchdown. So you had a, a couple of, of touchdowns last night in the air. So you, you wonder if this situation, the way they're playing right now, they're getting very close. You could argue they should have won these last two games, which means no number one pick, right? So – should Sam Darnold play any more this season? I'm curious. I want to see what he would do with these weapons. I want to see if 
what he would be able to bring to the table. Offensive line has played much better over the past couple weeks. As a matter of fact, when you look at yesterday, Flacco was only sacked once for loss of nine yards, and that was on him because he held on to the football forever. All right, so the offensive line's playing better. So what do you think? At Hardest to ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Also, 1-800-919-3776. And let me give you some more perspective on this. Steve Young was on the Michael K show today, as he is every Monday at 5 o'clock. And the guys asked him that same question because if you remember last week, Mark Sanchez, the former USC quarterback, franchise of the Jets, said that if he were, and Tom Brady's just throwing an interception, uh, if he were Sam Donald, he would probably sit out to take care of himself and be ready for a change of scenery. So Michael, Don, and Peter asked Steve Young, prefaced the question with Steve Young telling him what Mark Sanchez said, and here was Steve's response. Mark Sanchez on a podcast on Friday, said that he would recommend to Sam Darnold, don't play anymore. Don't play this year. Get yourself oh, that's so right. Easy. That's Michael. It's so easy to say that. Oh, yeah, I'm going to go into my teammates, look, look them in the eye, and tell them, hey, you know what? I'm done with you guys, and I'm just going to chill while everyone else goes out there and beats, them, beats themselves. That's, that's so easy to say and so incredibly difficult and impossible to actually enact. Because you but didn't you, didn't you no want Alex Smith to say that? Michael, no one will follow you again. No other player in the league will follow you. But how could you have criticized Alex Smith for like putting his career? I mean, he, What I'm telling Alex to do is if you can't raise your arm and you right. can't perform, you've got to go talk. You gotta, that's, not, that's not manning up. That's, being, that's like being honest. Like, like I'm hurt. Like, I'm hurt, and you guys are trying to make me go, and I, I, in that part, every player, you look them in the eye and tell them that. Like, I can't raise my arm up. That's Big all difference between that and, and not wanting to go anymore. Hmm. Steve Young was insulted. <laughs> How dare Mark Sanchez say anything like that? <laughs> well, different era, right? <laughs> different era. All right, so Sam Darnold, every Monday at 530 on the Michael K Show. The guys asked Sam the same question. No, I'm, I'm going to play. If, if I can play, I'm going to play. And, again, you know, I'm going to evaluate myself and make sure that, you know, I'm 100% and I can go out there, like I said, with confidence and be able to play at 100%. But, yeah, if I'm healthy, I'm, I'm playing. Right, and that's what I would expect him to say because that's the way he's actually uh, handled things, right? When you think about it, that's what he's done. He's been a guy who – has put himself he's taken the situation with the way this team has played on him on him if if receivers ran the wrong route he's taken the blame if the offensive line has not played well he says he's held on to the football too long so he's been a guy who has really taken ownership of everything that goes wrong with this team and he never says his coaches he always says his players so but i will say this when he talks about playing as early as Sunday, there is some trepidation. There is some hesitation in his voice. Now, Gase said over the weekend, Gase said on Friday, that he thought there was a very good chance that Darnold would play Sunday, meaning in Miami, against Miami. But when you listen to Sam today, he's not as, you know, he's not, oh, I'm going to play. He says it feels better. 
and he'll find out what happens as he goes the week through practice. And, and the thing that's going to make the decision for him is something that I talk to you guys about all the time. And it's about, does it feel right to him, not only physically, but mentally? Does he feel that if he gets hit on that shoulder, that he'll still be okay? Does he feel, does, does he have the confidence that he, he wants to go into the game not worrying about whether if somebody hits him on that shoulder, there's an issue? So is it healed not only physically, but is it healed mentally? That's the other thing that's going to make the decision. And he wasn't so quick to say, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to go Sunday, which if he was ready to go, he would tell you right now. So he'll get a practice, and it's not unusual. But I'll say this, if he doesn't play Sunday, okay, that shoulder is more hurt than he let on because that would have been, what, three weeks plus the bye? That's a month. It's a month. That means there's another issue with that shoulder. And maybe they need to, if, if he can't play Sunday, then maybe they need to go back and re-MRI it and see what's going on. Maybe. 1-800-919-3776. Also on Twitter at Hardest to ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. We'll get your thoughts on what you think Sam Darnold should do. If you were Sam Darnold, well, I'm not even going to ask you if you were Sam Darnold. I'm just going to ask you as fans. Do you, if, should Sam Darnold play any more this season? At Hardest to ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Cam Akers, pass from Derek off for four yards. The Rams take the interception from Tom Brady and turn it into seven points. They now have a 24-17 lead with five, a little over about 5-24 left to go in the third quarter. Our question for you at Hardest to ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Should Sam Darno play any more this season? Or... <laughs> Jet fans, who gives you the best chance to go 0-16? <laughs> and I say that I'm, I'm snickering. I don't mean that just to, you know, make fun of you, but I know how desperate you want this team to make sure they get the number one pick. Now, Mike Vaccaro had something interesting. I read him in the post today. And he was saying, like, you know, as I know, fans are kind of torn. All right, you, you want the number one pick, but you really don't want your team to be the team that's known as, as a team that goes 0-16 in a season. Because, let's face it, it's hard to go winless in a season. You, it's hard. You have to be really, really, really bad to go 1-0-16. to go I mean, really bad. You can, you can stumble into a win. Okay, you could stumble into into a win at some point in time in your season. And so, you you know, in all the embarrassment and all the, all the heartbreak that Jet fans have shared with me over the years, to be on 16 is, is, you know, not a badge of honor. Already, this is the earliest the franchise has been out of a playoff spot in a single season. Already, this is the earliest. Already. So this is already a season to forget. And, you know, so I so I get that part of it. 
And I know that you, that in a lot of ways yesterday was almost, for some of you, the perfect game. You were entertained. Your team was competitive, which we haven't been able to say for a lot of the games this season. But you came up short. You got a chance to see Mims looks like he's going to be pretty good. Again, he continues to find ways to make plays. That's a positive sign. Becton is continuing to be the way he is. P. Ryan showed a flash, but now he might be done. He's got a high ankle sprain, so, you know, he might be done for the season. And so you need to get some more folks out there who you could really look at, some more young players. And believe me, you're getting a you're getting a huge look at that secondary because that secondary is getting baptism under fire. Baptism under fire. Because of the way, you know, it, it it's crazy. 1-800-919-3776. Jerry in Jersey, you're batting leadoff on ESPN New York tonight. What's up, Jerry? What's up, Larry? How you doing? I'm doing great, partner. What's happening? Nothing much, man. I uh, well, wanted to answer your question. You started in open. If Sam Darnold is good enough, if, if he's 100%, then I say play him. Because you got to know what you're trading. If I'm Joe Douglas, if I'm Christopher Johnson or Woody Johnson, or whomever's going to be in ownership. So, because I, I'm, you know, I have no faith in Adam Gase, and the biggest reason why the Jets will go 0-16 is Adam Gase. Mm-hmm. So if he's 100%, play him. If he's not 100%, if he's 85 90 75%, whatever the case may be, anything other than 100 put him on the shelf, call it a season, because playing him is not going to change anything. You know, I, I have the strange suspicion that, like, a team like the Chicago Bears, you know, with all their quarterback issues, if they know that there's a quarterback that could be potentially available on the market and they're not going to take any chances in this draft or they don't have a shot at getting a quarterback high in the draft, they might be open to trading their first-round draft pick. That's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. You may disagree, but that's my opinion. Mm-hmm. My question to you is, is this. Everybody's talking about worst-case scenario for Sam Darnold. They, right. The Jets get the number one overall pick. They go 0 and 16, all of that. Mm-hmm. But what do you see as the best case scenario for the Jets for Sam Darnold? Uh, that's an interesting question, Jerry, because I think for him, to be honest, and thanks for the phone call, I think what would be best for him at this point is probably a change of scenery. So I would say the best case scenario for him, um, for him, would be if indeed they get the number one pick, and they decide that they're going quarterback, that they let him go, that they don't keep him, okay, and the number and the number one pick, and then he gets to play looking over his shoulder. See, that, that would be because there's several scenarios because they could keep him, right? He's under contract. They could keep him and, and draft Trevor Lawrence, right? And Trevor Lawrence doesn't start, okay? He just, you know, you put, you know, you, you, you let Darnold start and then you bring Trevor Lawrence in middle of the season, kind of like what the Giants did with, uh, you know, Eli and Daniel Jones last season. They could do that. Uh, for me, I think it's better for him if he gets to start fresh. New program, new city, 
You're the quarterback. You go out there and show us what, what you can do. Here's the issues, though, for Sam that people are going to have to decide that take a chance on him. Do they think he will be able to play a full season? Because for three years, he's not been able to do that. And once again, we'll put the asterisk to next year with last year with the mono. He's not been able to stay healthy for a full season. Is that partly the offensive line? Is that partly him holding on to the football too long? Is that partly, you know, him, you know, uh, not running and extending plays? There's, it's probably a combination of all the above. All right, but the bottom line is, if you're getting, if you're trying to get the franchise quarterback, you want to know that he's going to play. All right, so that's a concern. So for me, I would think the best thing for him would be that they he moves on and starts fresh, new city. New, 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 new coach, new team. Go, go, do you, and then let's see what happens. Uh, because here, if he stays, as I mentioned, people are going to be quiet. If he makes two mistakes, all right, let's go, let's move on, let's get him out. And then, guess what? You can't trade him <laughs> because people are going to know that he he didn't. So he's going to sit for a year. And then, you know, which I guess is okay if you want to, but that devalues his trade value even more. And my poll question, should Sam Darnold play any more this season? Let's see what my man Spike is talking about. Let's go back to Jersey and see what Spike is talking. Hey, Spike. Hey, Larry, how are you? You're I'm doing great. You're batting number two tonight, my friend. You what? Uh, yeah, well, listen, you know, take what I can get. Uh, <laughs> starting to think if they say the second quarter of next year, things get back to normal, quote-unquote, yeah. that yeah. me, that you, is. and my nephew are going to get together, we're going to make it work, and I'm telling you that's going to happen. You in? Yeah, I think so. I think we'll try to make it. Oh, no, think so. You say, yes, I, I am. We're going to have, we're going to, we're going to eat, we're going to, Tell stories, and we're going to laugh a little bit because we've been put through the ringer this year. So, so as far as Sam, real fast, don't play him because three things can happen. One, he could explode and play as good as Aaron <laughs> Rodgers in his prime. That's about a thousand and one. Two, he can get hurt again, which would hurt the trade value. And or three, he could just go on and you know lolly gag around and play on a very poor team because watching that game yesterday, I want to make one basketball point, if I may, sure. afterwards. Um, I got the feeling that uh, they could have scored any time they want, the mm-hmm. Rams. Mm-hmm. Any time they want. This yep. kid was eating them up. They he have was. no defensive backs. I heard three nope. out of four have no Rookies, experience. No experience. Yeah, and the kid, the kid, the kid made a throw. Woo. Yeah, kid he's good. He's good. He's a, he's a, he, he can sling it. Yeah, so let me let me get to, to, to the orange and blue. Um, mm-hmm. How my weekend went. Uh, I said it on a call-in show, but I always preface it by saying calls, calls go in and out. People have different lives to, to live. So mm-hmm. I went into the weekend hoping to get Victor Oladipo, who I've always been a fan of, mm-hmm. and, and Fred Van Fleet, who if you're not a fan of, you don't like people or the game. And I wound up with Alfred Payton and Austin Rivers. Mm-hmm. Now, I wouldn't say that's a step down, but that, that sounds like sub-basement without casting aspersions. Mm-hmm. Austin Rivers wanted to live near his dad. 
uh, Alfred Payton took, they, they let him go, they signed him. We all know that if you looked up in the dictionary, if there are such things today, and you looked up backup point guard, you would have Alfred Payton with or without the hair. <laughs> Am I right? Yes, yes. Okay. Right. So he's a backup. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. He can come into a game and get eight assists and occasionally make a jump shot. But he's a backup, and we proved it. And, and by the way, the Knicks signed their uh, rookie, uh, the second of uh, the 20-something pick, the kid out of Kentucky. Yes. Emmanuel with Quickly. an I, and I forget his last Quickly. name. Quickly. Okay. And he decided to pick a uniform number. Did you hear what number he picked? No, I didn't hear what, what number he, he picked. He picked number one. Okay. Who was the last Emmanuel to wear number one? Spelled it with an E. <laughs> Your guy. Up, Larry. Your guy. My who's guy's do, who's, a backup. Who's playing the lights out. Playing the lights out. Yeah, well, I'm happy for the young fellow whose father works for the Mets. I'm happy for him. I think um, Donovan Mitchell. Uh, yeah, got Donovan paid. Mitchell. And paid. I sorry, like, the names are just slipping as I get Jason older. Jason Tatum got paid also. Listen, Gordon well, he Hayward got paid, it. and I was very concerned, Spike. I was very happy to see him get paid by Michael Jordan. So, so yeah, well, well, Hayward, but he robbed. Uh, that's like uh, John Dillinger robbed the bank, <laughs> and he robbed the bank. That was uh, highway robbery, and I told someone, a friend of mine, I said. He didn't turn that $34 million option down without knowing he had something in his pocket. Do you agree? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So if that's the case, listen, 72 games, I told you last week when I spoke to you, 1958 or 59. So if it's 22 and 50 and we go through a rebuild, our mutual friend John from Freehold called the call-in earlier in the evening and uh, espoused his theory of bringing it down to the studs, and he eloquently, as he always does, you know, started to go through the diatribe of how things are done. That's fine, because I'm guessing John's 55 or something. Uh, I can't wait that long. <laughs> I, 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 need, I can't watch another 22, a 22 and 50 season, and I know you're much younger than I am, but I don't think you want to watch another one, do you? No, I don't, Spike, but I will say this. Uh, what could they do with Van Vliet? He wanted to go back. They paid him the money. I don't think that they really want to go. I don't think that they viewed him as a max guard. Okay? Okay, okay I'm, just, I'm just guessing. I don't know. I don't think what that they viewed Westbrook? him as a max guard. Uh, I'm, I'm, according to Mark Berman in the Post, they are cooling towards Westbrook. Okay. And, uh, but he, didn't, he mentioned Oladipo. Okay. Uh, he said they were cooling towards Westbrook, Oladipo. He didn't seem is kind of up in the air. Uh, but I just think that there. Here's what I here's what I beg of you, Spike. And thanks for the phone call. Okay. Here's what I beg you to do. They're not finished. Now I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know whether they're going to package some people up in the draft choice to get a trade. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know. I just have the feeling that they're not done. Uh, because what they did was they really flipped the roster and they're a little better in some spots than they were last year. But let's say in the worst situation, the worst possible situation, that they stay status quo. And I said it last night. The only thing they can do is be a up-tempo team that plays good defense and tries to score. And at least they'll be exciting for fans who say, 
I want I don't want to bring bring big money free agents here. I want to build with the young kids. Okay? Here's the young kids. Let's see if they don't make some changes. Let's see how long you take this. Don't call me criticizing them. Don't call me being angry about the kids because it's not fair to them. Okay, Knox, third year is different. Don't call me about Toppin and saying, oh, he's a bust. Don't call me about quickly saying, oh, man, what did they do with this guy? He's a bust. Don't do it. Because these are guys who who are not even going to have a month of training camp. Not a month. What are they going to have? Two weeks? And then they play? New kids. So we'll see how this is going to turn out. Personally, I just don't think they're done. On the on the downside, of course, you know, I told you guys, I wanted Van Vliet. He signed for a lot. And some of you didn't want him. Some of you say he's overrated, not that good. He's a product of Toronto. Hey, here is the bottom line for this team right now. You're not bringing free agents here because you don't have a good enough team that can win. It's the bottom line. You're not close to winning. You're not close to even making the playoffs. And a free agent's going to come here. No, when you, when you look at the landscape of the NBA and you've got guys who are really good, who are trying to hook up with other guys who are really good, i.e., James Harden to work with Kyrie and KD, okay? Listen, James Harden's an MVP caliber player, leading scorer player, offensive stud. And he wants to come join two other stars, and you don't have anybody that's even close to any of those guys. So you're not bringing free agents here. So forget about that. that that's not happening. You're going to have to try to trade. And, I, and listen, and I know there's some people who came. I know there's some other guys that, like Rajon Rondo. Rajon Rondo would not come here. Rajon Rondo was trying to get another ring. Now, I don't think he's getting it with Atlanta. <laughs> okay. I don't think that's happening. But I think that right now, who's got more talent between Knicks and Orlando? Knicks and Atlanta. You know, and that's that's the way it is. And I still think that this is – and now the other thing is you got some veterans who I don't know that they want to play, play for Thibodeau. They're going to wait and see what Thibodeau this is. Okay? If this is the Thibodeau that Derrick Rose was unhappy about, then there's some veterans who are going to want to wait and see. So you got a lot of stuff working against you here. So the only way I think they're going to get better is they package some of these folks up that they have and hopefully get a trade. And maybe you get an Oladipo here. Maybe you get somebody like that here. But from the free and to look at the free agents who are left, I mean, really? You don't want any of these guys that's left. That's why they're left. And I have no, and I'm not talking about let's wait for Giannis. I'm not forget that. that I'm, not even, I'm even thinking about that. Not even thinking about that. What the Knicks have to do is show that they can be a competitive team on the floor first. That's what's happening, folks. That's the way it is. And until that happens, nobody's coming. Nobody. Our poll question, should Sam Darnold play any more this season? Hmm. Got some interesting uh, responses here. At Velozanos, 
I want to preface this by saying that we should keep Sam and work with him. But if you're going to trade him, let him show his value on the field. The more we can get for him, the better. Uh, no love lost 83. Tell Spike he was wrong on the Nick Jersey number. Uh, Obitopin chose number one. Okay. And what Spike was saying was that uh, the last person to wear number one was another Emmanuel. And that, of course, would be Emmanuel Moutier, which, as you know, if you listen to Spike, not one of his favorite players. At one Shinku Phoenix, pack it up, pack it in, as far as Sam Darnold. At Ant Poet One, Uncle Larry, another nephew I have, the offense looks better with Flacco at quarterback. At D Silverman 95, on top of this, will Sam Darnold ever play for the Jets again? A lot of interesting responses. Here's the numbers right now. Should Sam Darnold play any more this season? 53% of you say no. He should not play any more this season. 46, almost 47% of you say yes. Let's see what he can do. Mo's in Queens. Hey, Mo, you're next on 98.7. Hey, Uncle Larry, how everything? What's up, Mo? I'm chilling, man. All right, so quick couple things with the Jets. You know, I'm tired of them before I get to the next. I have one thing. I feel like Adam Gates open up, opens up his playbook with Joe Flacco more than Sam Darnold because I see a lot of deep balls in those games and we're scoring a lot of more touchdowns with the deep balls. And he's just, I feel like he's afraid of, like, he, he doesn't trust. He's not afraid. He doesn't tr- trust Sam Darnold in that position. So that's why the playbook is a little smaller than it is right now with Joe Flacco. And regarding your poll question, I mean, if he's healthy, throw him in there. I mean, again, I feel like the playbook's, the playbook is small with Sam Darnold and he doesn't expand the plays. And we've seen as you, in, in the USC days, he could throw the ball. He could move on his feet. And I feel like Adam Gase is really holding him down. So I can see it like a scenario of like him going to Steelers, you know, mm-hmm. and and just wait until Big Ben goes there or maybe going to the Saints, you know, Calibert mm-hmm. with uh, Taysom Hill, work with him. But regarding that, man, I'm done with uh, Adam Gase, you know, and the worst, worst part is, is he might even stay and and her and and myself, Trevor Lawrence, if he got most 16. Uh-huh. I just see the Jets, uh, com- I see the Jets competing in two games, though. Uh, and losing the rest, though, the two games, Miami, of course, and Patriots. And then regarding with the Knicks, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I like the I like the draft pick, Obi Topman. I, mm-hmm. I really do. But then, again, no point guard, so how he's going to feed the ball. You know, mm-hmm. again, I'll take Russell Westbrook, because if we get Russell Westbrook, man, we, we could get eight, seven seed for sure. We got backup point guards, as you said earlier, with Elfin Payton and Austin Rivers, which is a horrible pickup. I know we got to fill the money up, but, man, I'll just hang up and listen to you. Thanks, Larry. All right, Bo. Thanks. <laughs> All right, Bo. Thanks for the phone call. Poor Austin Rivers can't get any love, boy. He can't get no love. People just kill oh, Austin Rivers. Oh, my God. We got Austin Rivers. Um, and that's, why, that's the one reason why I want to see Sam Darnold play. Because I want to see if, indeed, the playbook is different. I want to see what he can do with these receivers. I just do. I'm very curious as to what he could do, all right? That, so, for me, I, I want to see. I want to see. David's in the car. Hey, David, you're next on 98.7. Larry, what's up? What's up, uh, David? So, I'm calling about Darnold, but I just heard you talking about the Knicks. Uh, what do you see in Alfred Payton? Why do you think he is a serviceable point guard? He's cheap, and um, uh, Scott Perry's familiar with him. 
thinks he'll be okay as a backup point guard. Um, and until they do better, uh, they signed him to a uh, only they signed him to I think a two year deal, but one year is guaranteed. And if they find somebody else, they'll they'll get rid of him. Financial side definitely makes sense. I get that. I just feel like when I watch him play last season, you know, he's scared to shoot the ball. And eventually, yes. I think the league will catch up to him and just say, "Okay, if you're not going to shoot it, you know, we're just going to leave you there." Um, but anyway, David, I, David, uh, I think about, the league has already caught up to him, and so yeah, it's really about yeah. him passing the basketball. And listen, you've got—I I want him to pass the top, and I want him to pass for some of these other young players that they have there. I don't want him to shoot; I want him to pass. The, the NBA is great. They're, they're such great athletes defensively. You know, you'd yep. figure that by this season they're going to lay off a little bit so they can kind of mm-hmm. intercept those passes much more often. But anyways, about the Darnold, um, I think he absolutely should play. Um, I don't think he should go to another city. His lease will be much shorter. Uh, other fans uh, haven't kind of gone through this with him. They're just going to say get rid of him. He's no good. He's the second team. Get rid of him. I think the Jets, for the Jets and Darnold, Keeping him, letting him play, letting him have more experience, trading out of the number one pick, getting as many pieces as you can, whether that be talent from other teams or draft picks, give him another year to prove himself. And if he doesn't, then you'll just pick the quarterback next year. And you've already had some other picks that you've kind of reinforced your team with. So, David, so you think that they will be another quarterback in next year's draft that will be as good, if not better, than Trevor Lawrence? Um, okay, uh, I'll answer that in the following way. Mm-hmm. There's always the next one, always. Mm-hmm. Every mm-hmm. year there's going to be a sensation. Mm-hmm. And honestly, when I see Trevor Lawrence, he just kind of looks so frail. I feel like he's going to get hit one time, he's going to be done. It's over, right? <laughs> uh, I do see some things where it make me a little bit worried that maybe mm-hmm. he's not always cracked up to be. Okay. Listen, the experts have been wrong before, right, David? <laughs> absolutely yes they have just like i have <laughs> thanks for the phone call my friend uh here's the issue though are you hoping here's where i'm kind of torn and i understand where david's going i understand where he's going because as we've said before you need more than just the quarterback to help this jet team to get better if you go all in 16 and you draft trevor lawrence don't think you're in, you're going to be you're going to win the afc east next season Okay, there's a lot more that you have to do. So I understand him saying, let's trade down. The question's going to be, do you want to sit through another winless season or another one or two win season to get a quarterback that you think is going to be a franchise-type quarterback? Do you really want to go through this again? As a Jets fan, do you want to be in the running for the number one pick and trying to get a quarterback again for the for the second time in like four years. And then back-to-back years. I don't know. i got to be honest with you. I don't know if I'm ready to make that. I don't know if, if I'm a Jet fan, I don't know if I want to do that. I just don't. Chris is on the Upper East Side. What's up, Chris? Hey, what's up, man? Good. What's up, man? Your comment on, um, on the Knicks is – so going back from, you know, I've been a Knicks fan since the mid-90s. Mm-hmm. And from, you know, the year 2000 to 2014, all they did was put these Band-Aids on it. Trade for these aging veterans on a team that wasn't ready to win, bringing in guys that weren't going to put us over the top. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, all we got out of it was one, you know, playoff run. 
you know, that year when we had Jake Kidd and Melo. Mm-hmm. It's it, that's not how you're going to that's not how you're going to build um, build a sustain, uh, sustained success. Right. You got to to borrow a line from the Sixers. Trust the process. G- giving up young players for Victor Oladipo or for or for uh, Russell Westbrook isn't the isn't the way to build a you know a team that's going to compete for for a decade or you know for eight nine years. Mm-hmm. Knicks need to keep on picking high. I don't care how long it takes. Eventually, some of these guys, R.J. Barrett, Obi Toppin, Mitchell Robinson, are going to show enough where a, a veteran, free agent, not a trade, a free agent, so you're not subtracting from that young core, is going to say, hey, this is the team I want to be a part of. And I, yeah. I don't care if it's the 2021 class. None of the guys in this 2020 free agent class were going to put us over the top. So it's, nope. it was a blessing that we missed out on them. Mm-hmm. The 2021 class is a lot better, you know, even if it's uh, uh, there's a – Big group of guys. I don't care if it's if it's Giannis or if it's you know. I don't have any delusions that LeBron's going to come over, but maybe it's a guy like Oladipo who's, who can be a free agent in 2021, mm-hmm. or maybe it could be a guy like DeRozan or 2022 or 2023. I don't care. I'm in no rush. I watch for 15 years the Knicks throw these band aids on these on these uh, band aid free agent trades, guys that weren't going to put us over the top, getting rid of all the young players, the mellow trade where we got rid of all these young players constantly trading away future first round picks um after seeing that fail for 15 years let's fail for 15 years drafting and building it up the right way eventually you're going to hit on enough guys where a free agent is going to come over i hear you all right thanks for the phone call my friend yeah i hear what you're saying you're ready you want to um here's what you want to do you want to build with the young kids and i got it but once again (laughs) um the young players that the Knicks gave up for Carmelo were not going to put you over the top. Okay, they weren't. They weren't going to put you over the top. I mean, Danilo Gallinari, serviceable veteran, he wasn't going to put you over the top. Serviceable veteran. I mean, it's a guy who, you know, three-point shooter, did not have a good postseason this year, but he's a, you know, he's a decent player. Raymond Felton, who you end up getting back. You know, Wilson Chandler. I mean, these, these, are, these are, you know, I hear this. We gave up all these players for Carmelo. I, these play, you weren't winning with those players. Those players were really, really good because Amari Stoudemire was playing out of his mind for the first half of that season. He was an MVP candidate the first half of that season. MVP. And there's no question he was. But you remember what happened. Mike D'Antoni played him too much. And you knew that you really need. If they had load management back then, he, he was the candidate for load management. They played him. He was averaging 38 to 40 minutes a game. Okay? 38 to 40 minutes a game on those knees. And so... You know, as the season went on, he started to falter a little bit because, you know, he couldn't take that load. So, of course, would they have, would it have been a better deal for you to get him as a free agent? Yeah, of course, because obviously you weren't going to be able, you wouldn't have to give up players. But keep in mind that the Nets were talking to Carmelo about, about coming there also. 
This is before, you know, the, the big three that came there, you know, Terry Garnett and that other guy. We're at one 800 919 Also on Twitter, at Hardest to ESPN, at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Our poll question, should Sam Darnold play any more this season? We've also been talking about the Knicks and how they fared during the uh, this weekend's free agency. Some people are like, eh, I'm not happy. Other people are like, other people like me are just like, it's not what I expected. It's not what I wanted it. But you know what? <laughs> Thank God they didn't sign Gordon Hayward to their money that he got in Charlotte. That's all I know. Go to the, let's go to the phones quickly before we do top stories. Omar's in Brooklyn. Hey, Omar, you're next on 98.7. Yeah. Hey, Omar, what's happening? Listen, I, I will I will say that I didn't want to sign him for four years, $120 million. We went through Stradamire with the injury history, and he gave me half an hour. You talk about MVP, and he gave me out of five years, he gave me half an year. Basically, he gave yeah. me half an year, not yeah. even two years or three years with that Phoenix doctors. But if he would have given me quality two years out of five years or two and a half years, we would have been far better. So I cannot, I do not want to revisit the history given a contract, even first seven years with Utah Jazz. You mm-hmm. know, sometimes I believe in sports that some medical things. If he would have stayed in Utah, these injuries would have. He he's missed only forty-seven games in first seven years in Utah. And he missed 125, 240 games, I think, in three years with the Boston Celtics. So if he would have stayed in Utah, uh, maybe this would not have happened. And now I tell you, I believe in that. And uh, uh, tanking or these people, they're not tanking. Uh, Tim Thibodeau is not a tanking coach. He will nope. play hard with this. They will try to win. It's not tanking. And secondly, uh, you resist yourself for all the trade that can happen next year. I'm not expecting Anatokounmpo to come here, but I can expect that a, a superstar gets uh, gruntled, they want to leave, and something good can come in, and then you can make the trades that you are picking up all these second rounds and first rounders and something like that. I'm not up. And let me tell you, uh, Tom Thibodeau has a history of developing young players. Derrick Rose, Joakim uh, jo Noha. So I can expect... Uh, it, uh, that's a real valid. People can go negative, but this is a real valid uh, explanation that he has a history of mm-hmm. developing young players. So I can be an upbeat that this time at least a young player is going to develop. And and listen, I have 13, 13 in last 10 years first round picks in this team. Neil, Kevin Knox, lottery picks, or all of them are the top. 13 to 18 players picked in the first round. And they are not old. They are young, uh, less than 28 years old. So I can expect something out of the first round. If you believe in a system that you want the picks, all these players, three, four, five, six years players that are a first round pick, supposed to be good, have not done good with their teams and laundering it out. Can you expect that a, a, a great head coach can make them and uh, uh, show sometimes it doesn't work out with your first team, it can work out with your second team. So be hopeful and expect Thibodeau. I expect as a Buffalo Bills fan uh, that a coach can change. Uh, that uh, I think Thibodeau can coach this culture, and you're going to see a good quality uh, basketball in next year. I hope so, Omar. Thanks for the phone call. And I hear what you're saying. And when you look at the staff that he, they put together, it's a staff that is conducive to developing players. So let's see what they do. If they can turn Knox or Nilakino around to start, 
I'll be impressed. That's a tall order. If they could, if we could, if they could make Dennis Smith a serviceable guard consistently, because he'll give you a game or two where he looks really good, and then it's like he doesn't know how to play the game. If they can change that, I'll be happy as a Knicks fan. At least it'll give me some hope that they can do some more work with the young players that they have and they will get. All right, Brian, let's go. Now here is the top news stories of the day with Larry Hardesty. As the temperature drops, I felt it was time for a little baseball hot stove. So we begin with Met President Sandy Alderson, who had a Zoom call today with the media and asked a bunch of questions. One of them was, how does the Cano suspension give him some flexibility? First of all, we have to be mindful that there's there's an additional amount of money to be spent in 2021, which is already earmarked for 22 and 23. So it's not quite as easy as just, uh, you know, an add-on. Um, on the other hand, it does, you know, provide us some additional flexibility. The flexibility comes not only to, you know, financially uh, in our ability to acquire players, it also gives us some, some additional roster flexibility, as it turns out, um, in terms of, uh, you know, the players that we have and, you know, where they're best utilized. All right, so now the search for the GM continues, and Sandy said the GM search could actually eventually elevate to a baseball ops position. What we would like to do is find someone as general manager who is capable of growing into the uh, other role. That would be ideal. And um, uh, so that's, I think, what we're hoping for. Uh, and, and we'll see whether, you know, the person that we have in the period of time between now and next season or what have you, um, whether that actually happens. But I think that's the goal. Now, normally you would want your GM to make a decision on whether, you know, Luis Rojas is going to be your manager or whether the GM's going to name the manager. But Sandy says he's not concerned. So, Luis Rojas, you're the skipper. Without exception, I think the candidates with whom we've had interviews for the GM position, we've discussed this this managerial situation. And um, to a person, um, they agreed that, you know, under the circumstances, bringing Louie back as manager was the right thing to do. Speaking of circumstances, Sandy, what's, what do we know about the start of the 2021 season when we don't really know what's going on with the COVID-19 situation? I think the biggest uh, variable right now, though, is the vaccine. And I, I think that's true not only for our players, but obviously for fans back in the ballpark. But if it looks like the vaccine is going to be available, uh, to the you know the the player population um, as we get into the spring, then I think you know we'll be more encouraged about you know a full season. No question about that. So the season is fluid. Hmm. Let's throw the football. At least the Jets were competitive for the second straight week in their 34-28 loss to the Chargers, despite a virtually no experience secondary, which Justin Herbert torched for 366 yards and three scores. Adam Gase on his struggling young secondary. Those guys tried to play as tight as they could. You know, we had some penalties early. Uh, we tried to clean those up. We tried to do different different coverages to to roll. I mean, there's three guys you got to worry about. You know, that makes it tough. You know, we were trying to trying to change things up and make it hard. And you know, it's tough. The ball was coming out pretty quick. Speaking of pretty quick, the Jet offense is pretty quick. Seven touchdowns in their last two games. Part of the reason they're stretching the field. Rookie Denzel Mims is healthy. And Gase, well, he's trying to get him the ball. 
you know, anytime you got a guy that can go up and get it and, and has speed at the same time, you can, you can tell those guys were trying to make sure he didn't get over the top. I mean, he got behind him a couple of times. Um, and then there was a couple of times where he basically just had to box, you know, box him out and go get it. You know, hopefully we can just keep developing that and, and finding ways to get him, get him the ball down the field. I'll tell you this, you know, Justin Herbert has Jeff fans wondering what their franchise quarterback would look like with the best group of receivers he's had during his career. So during his appearance on TMKS today, Sam was asked, are you going to play Sunday? My shoulder has, you know, it's been feeling better the last week. Finally getting up to speed with throwing and, you know, it's been feeling really good. So the next step is obviously taking a hit. It won't happen until the game, but it's still, I'm still day to day with it. Um, you know, we'll see how it feels in practice, but yeah, you know, it's feeling good. All right. Now, you know, it's funny. I always love hearing Rex Ryan when he joins Bart and Han, as he did today. 11 to 1 on 98.7 ESPN Monday through Friday. And he says, you know, Joe Douglas and the uh, Jet fans, they're on the same page. Go winless. Joe Douglas is cheering for 0-16. He wants oh, absolutely. Trevor Lawrence. Hell yeah. And <laughs> I'll promise you, I, I, don't, I mean, he doesn't want that 0-16 on his resume, but he damn sure wants a, a shot at Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. I can, I can promise I you I that. And now all of a sudden it's like, it's just like Justin Herb. Like, how good is Trevor Lawrence? Right. Well, if he would have come out last year, he would have been the first guy taken. Right. All right. And, and that's how good this guy is. He would have been the first guy taken his freshman year, sophomore year, now junior year. That's how good this guy is. So make no mistake by it. Joe Douglas, has, and we know we've been around him. He comes from that Baltimore Raven tree, and he understands how, how to get things done. He's going to have opportunities. He's going to put plenty of shots at it, a lot of draft picks. And I think helps coming around the corner. It certainly uh, you know, can't be as bad as the crap we're seeing. All right. By the way, L.A. with a 27-24 lead over the Buccaneers, 230 left. Let's see if Tom Brady can do one of those game-winning two-minute drives. He is the GOAT, right? Hmm. As the Jets, as the Giants prepare for the Joe Burrow-less Cincinnati Bengals Sunday, which is now considered a very winnable game the way the Giants have played of late, Coach Joe Judd spoke for the first time about the dismissal of O-line coach Mark Colombo. Yeah, i just say, listen, on the entire situation, uh, I made this clear from day one. I'm always going to make every decision and what I see is best for the team. Uh, this decision was no different. Uh, look, there's been a lot of information out there, a lot of misinformation, and a lot of people have done a lot of digging, trying to find out details of the situation. I'm not going to rehash any of that. Uh, I just say in the whole thing, we wish Mark luck going forward, and uh, the decision we made was in the best interest of the New York Giants short and long term. Rex, what do you think about the firing? At the end of the day, Joe Judge is the head coach. And so you got to at least respect the position. He wasn't respecting the position of head coach. And I think that's what it is. There was no way there was a physical altercation because Joe <laughs> Judge is still with us. That dude is huge. You have every right. As a head coach, you're going to make those moves. Number one, Joe Judge hired you. And if he wants to fire you, that's his privilege. Look, my understanding is the players love that guy, they love that position coach, Colombo. But at the end of the day, if you're not all in with what the head coach coach's plan is then absolutely has every right to fire you all right that's top stories thank you brian this is espn new york tonight